the screen up here. Um, this morning I'm using um, the New Living Translation, which reads a little differently, but I like the way it, it just kind of flowed with this psalm, so um, you can read along with me. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. When I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord, has made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me, and I was shattered. I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, what will you gain if I die, if I sink into the grave? Can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my cloths of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. This is the word of God. Can you switch me over to my... Dustin, can you go up and maybe... We had, we've, we've updated our program that we use to project, and we learned a little trick this morning. <laughs> and Dustin knows the trick. He's the only one. <laughs> Well, I'll go ahead and start anyway. Well, we're going to start off this morning with talking just a little bit about social media. And I know when it comes to social media, some of you are experts, and others of us, eh, not so much. Social media includes things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and so on. And I, I have to confess, I have never used several of those. You might say I'm social media challenged. In fact, I had to ask Amber, our marketing director, for help in even coming up with that list of social media items. But you know what? I actually was on Twitter for about a month way back. I think I had seven people following me. Pretty impressive. But even I know seven followers is not that impressive. But for, for fun, I, I thought I might ask a few questions about social media. And here's the first. How many of you have been on social media in the last month? I'm thinking Facebook, Twitter. Now, raise your hands. Okay, that's a good number. How many of you have been on social media in the past week? How many of you are on social media pretty much every day? Now's where it gets tough. How many of you have been on social media in the last 15 minutes? I knew that was going to happen because the guys up top, they're on social media because they're doing our Facebook live feed. But the question is, well, I don't think there's anybody else, but how many of you are on it now? 
other than the two guys up there. Well, even though I'm not very well versed in social media, I do have to admit I'm a little addicted to Facebook. And I also have to admit I probably waste a significant amount of time on Facebook. Now, I'm one of those people that I, I rarely post, I rarely comment, or, any, or like anything. I'm sorry if you have a birthday, I may not say happy birthday to you. Uh, I guess I'm what's called a Facebook creeper. I just check out what other people are posting. Well, my Facebook addiction happens virtually every morning. This is what a typical morning looks like for me. I start out the morning really strong. During breakfast, I read my Bible. Right now, I'm going through the Psalms, just like we're doing in our sermon series. Then I read my daily Bible devotional, and those are convicting and, and get my head and my heart started in the right direction. And then I pray. Sadly, though, my piety then quickly fails as I open up my iPad to read the latest sporting news. Reading about the Cardinals these days can be a little depressing, except for maybe this last week. Sports are then followed by a really quick review of the national news, and it never seems to be good news. But the national news often serves to elevate my pulse rate and get my blood pressure up, and it gets me fired up, and, you know, who needs caffeine when you got the national news? And then the final thing that I do while eating breakfast, actually I'm usually finished by this time, is to look at Facebook. And I'll never get those 10 to 15 minutes back that I spend on Facebook. Now, don't get me wrong, though. There is a lot of good on Facebook. After all, our Sunday morning fee services are on Facebook. We're live right as we speak, and that's good. Another thing good about Facebook is seeing pictures of friends and, and family. It's awesome to see pictures from our King's Kids camp and VBS, our preschool, and my friends' vacations. And, and those kind of things make my day. Now, I have to admit, though, if a post is too long, if you get to the bottom and it says more, I rarely click on more. Um, I don't usually watch videos on Facebook, but there's one type of video, I have to tell you, that always catches my attention. Cute videos of animals, especially of animals being rescued. So I can't tell you how many deer I've seen being rescued from an icy lake. If you haven't seen it, you've got to watch one of those. I've also watched clips of, of raccoons with their heads stuck in cans. It takes a while, but they're eventually freed. I've, I've spent way too much time on videos of people dragging a, a dolphin or a shark back into the water. Just two weeks ago, during breakfast, I watched a beached stingray give birth. Now, that's not something I would recommend you watch while eating breakfast. The rescuers grabbed each little stingray baby and tossed it into the ocean before they finally got mom back in the water to safety. Now, I don't think you can argue with me. That is entertainment at its best. And the rescue, there, there's something great about rescue. You know, of course, the, the greatest rescue of all time took place on the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus saved us from ruin. He saved us from disaster. And if you think about it, the Bible, the whole Bible is a story of redemption. It's a story of rescue, a story of restoration. God sent his son to rescue you and to rescue me. Through Jesus, we're restored to a right relationship with God. Rescue is awesome. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning from all different places in life. Some of us realize our brokenness and we cry out to you to rescue us. Others of us might be living life on our own terms. We think we've got our act together. We don't think we need you, but we couldn't be more mistaken. Or maybe we're just numb. We're going through the motions. We aren't filled with joy, but we're not brokenhearted either. We're numb, just sleepwalking through life. God, wake us up. Open our ears and our hearts this morning. We thank you for rescuing and restoring us. We praise you, and may we bring you glory in everything we say and do. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. As Pastor David mentioned a few minutes ago, summer's winding down, and so is our series that we're calling the Summer Psalms. In fact, today, as he said, is the last message in the series. And we're ending with Psalm 30, which we heard just a few minutes ago. Uh, Pastor David chose all the Psalms that we've studied, and I think you'll admit it's been a very good series. And I'm really glad that we're ending with Psalm 30, because Psalm 30 delivers a message of rescue and restoration. And it leads to joyful praise. You know, if you really think about it, you and I aren't that different from that deer stranded on the ice or a raccoon with his head stuck in a can or a stingray on the beach. We need to be rescued. We can't help ourselves. We need to be restored. And then when we're saved, the only proper response is joyful praise. But sadly... Like many of those little critters, those creatures who were saved, we often forget to express our praise. We're grateful to God. We just don't always express it. We go on with life. And we need a reminder to praise. And Psalm 30 provides that. See, first off, Psalm 30 is a psalm of rescue. David's first words in that psalm were, I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. David then provided an example of God's rescue. He wrote, You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. O oh Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O oh Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Rescue. Rescue can come in all different ways forms. Maybe, maybe we had an enemy, and it seemed like the whole mission of this person's life was to make us miserable. They spread lies about us. They judged us without even knowing us. They tried to bring us down in order to lift themselves up, and in the end, God refused to let them win. But God's rescue isn't limited to protection from enemies. We cried out to God when our health was failing. God heard our prayers. Maybe he rescued us. Most of us know someone who had COVID and has survived. Their health was restored. Maybe that person was us. Over the last 15 years, I've had disc surgery in my neck. I had another herniated disc in my low back. I had Lyme disease. I had shingles. And I know that my list of ailments is pretty short compared to some of you. 
But maybe like, like you, God got me through all those health issues. There were times when it wasn't very easy, but God was faithful. It, it was seven years ago when I had that disc rupture in my lower back, and I know many of you know the pain of a, a herniated disc. And, and after weeks and weeks of pain, I was set to see a neurosurgeon to schedule an operation. And the office visit was scheduled for a Monday. Well, Sunday, the day before, several people in this congregation gathered around me and they prayed over me. I woke up Monday morning pain-free. It was incredible. And I know it had to be from God. On Monday, I told the surgeon of the sudden change in my health, and he said, well, then there's no need for surgery. God restored my health. The New Living Bible translation, which we use this morning, uses the words, you restored my health in Psalm 30. And those words tend to focus us on physical health. Now, other Bible translations replace those words, you restored my health, with, God, you healed me. And healing is, is a broader and likely more accurate word than health in this case. God can and he frequently will restore our health. But he doesn't always. But that being said, though, God's healing, that's available to all of us. Healing is very often spiritual. God doesn't always take away our pain. But he will draw a person who's willing into a closer relationship with him. And in doing so, God is healing their spirit. When we're in the midst of pain, we may not realize it because we want that pain taken away, but spiritual healing is so much more powerful than physical healing. Physical healing is temporary. Spiritual healing lasts for eternity. In this psalm, David wrote that God brought him up from the grave. He kept David from falling into the pit of death. God literally saved David from death. If, if you remember your Bible, God had protected David from Saul, and later God saved David from his own son, David's own son. God may have saved you or, or me from immediate death, and, and maybe we didn't even realize it. Have you ever been driving, and for some reason... You took a different route. It's a, a trip you always take, but for some reason this day you went a different route. Maybe it was God's protection. Maybe something bad would have happened to you if you had gone your normal way. I don't know. But I do know this. Those who trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior have been saved from hell. They are spiritually healed. As David continued writing in the psalm, he kind of takes an unexpected turn as he switches to the topic of God's anger. God's righteous anger and rescue are actually related. Because of our sin, Jesus had to rescue us from the wrath of God that we deserve. God said, or David said, that God's anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may go on all night, but joy comes in the morning. 
Have you ever wondered, have you ever felt that maybe God was angry with you? You know, the, the truth is, is that God is justified in being angry with us. God expresses his anger or his wrath against our sin. When you and I sin or when we commit that same sin for the, the hundredth time, God can't be happy with us. He's got to be disappointed. Sin often leads to discipline. Sin leads to consequences. The consequences of our sin are real. They happen in this life, many of them. Our sin damages relationships. It hurts other people. Our sin can bring harm to ourselves. You know, if I'm rude to my wife, Mary, there will be consequences. I guarantee you. In fact, I don't know if you noticed this morning, but I've got all these marks on my head. Consequences. (laughs) But not consequences of Mary. Consequences of spending too much time in the sun and going to the dermatologist. But think about it. When a child disobeys a parent, there are consequences. If we hurt a friend, it damages a relationship. When we sin against God, and all sin is against God, there are consequences. We might suffer. Very often we feel guilt. God may seem very distant from us when we're repeating the same sins over and over again. And the truth is we have nobody to blame but ourselves. The good news, though, is that all of these consequences are temporary. David said God's anger lasts only a moment. Weeping, pain may last for the night, but joy comes with the morning because forgiveness is available to everyone. In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, we read, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His, His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, Jesus paid the ultimate consequence that we deserve for our sin when he died on the cross. Unforgiven sin leads to eternal separation from God. And Jesus nailed our sins to the cross. Through Christ, we're forgiven, we're reconciled, our relationship is restored with God. See, God has restored us, and that's the second major point of this psalm. Restoration. We need restoration. Jesus is the mediator that brings peace between our holy, righteous God and us as sinful creatures. Jesus is the one who brings that joy in the morning. Continuing the psalm, David's next words in Psalm 30 provide an example of sin, sin's consequences, and even God's restoration. David wrote this. He said, when I was prosperous... I said, nothing can stop me now. Your favor, O Lord, has made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me, and I was shattered. When life is good, when everything's going our way, we can fall into the trap of forgetting about God. Most Christians that I know, we're great about coming to the Lord when we are suffering are facing uncertainty, or someone we love is suffering. We come and we bring those prayers. But I don't know that I can always say that we do the same things when life is going great. We might pray, but somehow the depth of our prayer is missing. You know, many of us have a, have a 401k or some other type of retirement plan. 
And when we're young, we might not think very much about our retirement. But as we get older, we start to monitor our retirement funds more closely. First, we do it a couple times a year, and then sometimes we end up doing it every day. And the truth is, we might become overconfident in our savings. We might picture that there's this golden years of financial security. We put our trust in our 401k. Jesus told a parable that kind of relates. He said, a rich man, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, you know, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. And then he said this, he said, you know what, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and all my other goods. And I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, you have stored away enough for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? And Jesus finished this parable by saying, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. It happens to us. We can put our trust in a big bank account. We can trust in our own abilities. We can build our world around all the good stuff that we've got. And all that can disappear in a moment. And that's what David was writing about in Psalm 30. David was relying on his own self-sufficiency. He wrote, nothing can stop me now. Now, David in the psalm knew that God provided a security. He said so. But his security somehow became tied to his prosperity and not to God. And God turned away from David, and David was shattered. And so David did what he should have done. He cried out to God. And if you read this psalm, it's, it was kind of an unusual prayer. David pointed out to, that, to God that if he died, God would miss out on all the glory and praise that David could give him. David said, what will you, God, gain if I die? Can my dust praise you? Can my dust tell of your faithfulness? A dead David couldn't praise God. It might sound like David was doing some bargaining with God. You know, I think we've probably all done that. We might wonder, was, was David saying to God, you know, God, if you don't take care of me, it's going to cost you. But that's not really what David was doing. David was pointing out that if God did save him, David would make sure that he brought great praise to God. David's heart showed in his next words. He said, hear me, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. Those are the words of a very humble man who realized his very next breath depended on God. Psalm 30 ends with joyful praise. God has rescued us, Jesus has restored to us, and our response is to be joyful praise to God. David wrote, 
You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. That's what God did for you and me. Only through Jesus can our mourning, our pain, our sadness, our brokenness be turned into joyful dancing. And we can't be silent. We sing praise to God every day for the life that he's given us. But I have to tell you, this morning I stand before you as a, a broken man. I have sinned against God by the things I've thought, by the things I've said, by the things I've done. I've not lived my life the way God would have me live it. I've had times where I let down my family. I've disappointed my friends. I've been possessive and controlling and selfish and self-righteous and, and proud. I, I've struggled with putting my trust in material things. I grasp on to things that are temporary. I don't give God my complete trust for today, much less for tomorrow. I deserve to have God turn his back on me. I deserve God's wrath. And I'm not alone. Y'all are right there with me. Every one of us is guilty of similar failings. We're all broken. We're all sinners. We all deserve God's wrath. And yet I can also say, I stand before you this morning, is a man filled with joy and praise for my Savior. I can do that because I know God's forgiven me. Jesus died and rose again from the dead for me, and he's done it for you as well. The Holy Spirit has begun a work in my life. And I'll tell you, he's got a lot of work to do. But it's been amazing. God has blessed me with a loving wife. He's given me kids, biological ones, and others who God has made part of my family. I have some of the best friends that a guy could ever want. God has provided for my needs, and he's also provided for many of my wants. I am blessed. And so are you. You are blessed. You could put up a great list of the ways God has blessed you, and it's all because you put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God has taken our mourning. He's taken our pain. He's taken our fear. He's taken our brokenness. And he's replaced it with reason for joyful dancing. God has removed the stain of our sins and given us the, the covering of Jesus' righteousness. When God looks at you, when he looks at me, he doesn't see our sins. He sees the righteousness of his son covering us. We have been rescued. Through Jesus, we have been restored. We are new creations in Christ. And we rejoice. We laugh. We sing. We tell others about Jesus. We, the, the children of God, bring praises and thanksgiving. We, we're to glorify God with everything that is in us. But maybe, maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know what, that sounds great. That sounds really wonderful. 
but I don't feel like rejoicing this morning. I can't sing praises. I feel alone. I'm a mess. Life has been hard, and I don't know, I don't know where to go. And if that's you, know that you're in good company. We are all more alike than we might think. We all experience brokenness. Nobody's immune. But do know this. God loves you. God will never leave you. And I promise that through Christ, you can one day be singing glory to God with all the saints and the angels. God is our rescuer. Through Christ, we can be restored. God has given us reason to sing his praises. As, as we close this morning, I want us to take just a moment to silently talk to God. And if you're not real good about praying, it's just a conversation. Just talk. Let God know what's on your heart. Confess to God your shortcomings. Confess the times that you've let him down or you've let somebody in your life down. Thank God for rescuing you. Maybe this morning, if you've never proclaimed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do it today. And then tell somebody about it. So let's pray in silence. If you're able, let's stand as the band comes up and we sing our closing song.